Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hour three of the show, our final hour of the week on the program. Can you believe that? A couple of days of LSU baseball. Big series on the road against Arkansas next two days. I will be on Sports Talk on Friday with Bobby Hebert from 4 to 6 before game two of the Tigers and Hogs. That's in our time slot the next couple of days. we got... At this hour, NBA playoff talk, Max Kellerman stepping into it a couple of different times. Just bizarre takes. We'll get to that in a second. Carter Bryant at 1020. We've got sports libs, and we'll continue to watch this Warriors-Rockets game. 31-17, end of the first quarter. Warriors at home have that 14-point lead. They've had big first quarters previously, and then... Rockets usually typically close the gap, and, and well, it's worked the other way, too. Remember in game four, you had, I think it was an 18-point Rockets lead in the second or third quarter, and the Warriors came back to within three in the closing minutes. 12 points for Clay to lead all scores, seven for Harden, just about underway in the second quarter. So Max Kellerman, um, host first take on ESPN, and I shy away from heavy criticism of uh, my my peers, my colleagues in the industry, because we all have bad takes at times. I mean, it's it comes with the territory. Y'all have called me out when I have terrible takes, and then frankly, I call myself out when I have terrible takes. The latest one was, um, I think I did a segment on my love last year for Josh Rosen, and how wrong that was, and just kind of a, a snipping into how terrible retroactive looks at NFL draft analysis can be, and I am no stranger to that. So uh, I point the finger at myself a lot, but Max Kellerman, who's a very good talent, that's why he has that job, but I don't understand what in the world has gone through his mind this week. First, he made a comparison between Kobe Bryant and Kawhi Leonard, saying in his mind it's not close, Kawhi Leonard, the better player than Kobe Bryant ever was. What? Kawhi better than Kobe? I don't know what metric you're using with that unless you talk about Kawhi's ability to play defense when he's on one of the best defensive perimeter players in the league. Kobe never really was that. Unless you're using that, I don't really understand. Or maybe off-the-court issues that Kobe had. I mean, Kobe on the court. One of the 15, 10 to 15 best players in NBA history. I don't know how you argue that. Are you telling me that Kobe Bryant, uh, excuse me, Kawhi Leonard is that now? I mean, maybe Kobe's legacy slightly overrated, overvalued. And I think the retroactive look at Kobe's career will judge him in that way. I don't think a lot of people when he retired said top five player all time. I never bought into that. And very swiftly, he's moved down those all-time rankings. I think usually he's in the top 15, not usually even in the top 10. So there was that, but that was probably outdone by Kellerman's second take this week, which was an all-time bizarro one. 
Max Kellerman is arguing that Larry Fitzgerald, the incredible receiver for the Arizona Cardinals, is not a Hall of Famer. That's not hyperbole. That's exactly what Max Kellerman argued, that Larry Fitzgerald, the guy who's number two all-time in NFL receiving yards, he's made 11 Pro Bowls, consistently viewed by NFL insiders, by fans, by stat geeks, as one of the best receivers in the NFL, may have the best hands of any receiver in NFL history, that somehow he is not a Hall of Fame player. The crazy part was Stephen A. Smith kind of nodded in agreement with him. Now, Twitter and social media is going absolutely nuts over this, as they should. Sometimes, sometimes, I believe firmly that you have, you know, analytical gurus in uh, many hosts' ears saying, hey, you got to drive clicks. You got to drive views to the show. You got to be a little more outrageous with your takes. Be a little hotter with your takes. Cool takes don't drive uh, viewership numbers, don't drive ratings anymore. So sometimes you have these hosts, I think, uh, eating their own tail with ridiculously absurd takes. And this one is near the top of the licks. I, I list this, this may be an all timer bad take by Max Kellerman. Larry Fitzgerald, not a Hall of Famer, according to Max. Like, what? I don't get it. Text from the 702 at 87870 asking Max Kellerman to please tone down with the Drew Brees hate. Remember, Max, that was last year when we were talking about the MVP debate. I don't get anybody who's hating on Drew Brees at all. I, I just don't. Period. If you want to say that he shouldn't have been MVP last year, okay, but let's not turn Drew Brees into Case Keenum here in that same conversation, which at times it sounded like Max was doing last year. But like I said, there's a little fun jab there at Kellerman. I have been no stranger to terrible takes. Anybody who's in this industry is not, especially when you're doing live radio. But that was, well, that was bizarre, to say the least. Warriors 38, Rockets 26, three minutes into the second quarter. Uh, we will keep an eye on that. Well, how bad were the Sixers last night? up in Toronto, speaking to the NBA. Now Sixers facing elimination, and there are whispers that the Sixers may be realizing that the fit between Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons isn't good for uh, isn't good enough where it's going to be a long one. In other words, there's talk that the Sixers may look to move Joel Embiid after this season. Certainly interesting. We're going to take a break here. When we come back, Carter Bryant's going to hop on into the program. We'll talk some NBA playoffs, talk a little life, a little comedy. Who knows what we'll talk about. Carter Bryant at Carter the Power next for his weekly spot here on The Last Lap. Welcome back to the show. Keeping an eye on the NBA playoffs. Game five, Warriors, Rockets, Warriors 10-point lead. Again, Clay just going berserk. And you knew he was going to go berserk after all of the discussion and the reports that he was unhappy and the reports that the Warriors don't want him back and how terrible he's played and all Clay does. Again, Drew's underrated here, no doubt about it. Probably the most underrated player in the league. Somehow, some way, I still believe Clay Thompson is near the top of that underrated list in the NBA. 
17 points, 7-9 from the floor, 3-4 of four from 3, going off, and he's helped the Warriors to that 10-point lead with 8-0-1 to play in the second quarter. Carter Bryant, host of the Carter Bryant Show on 107.1 FM, 1400 AM in South Arkansas, and also now a contributor to Chat Sports, stand-up comic, and he's on Twitter. Got to give him a follow there, at Carter the Power, coming on into the program for his weekly spot. Carter, what's going on, dude? How are you, man? Seth, enjoying a night of NBA and looking room for upcoming stand-up dates, man. It's fun, man. I, I love going to New York, and I just posted a tweet about this. I was looking for rooms that are cheap. <laughs> I know Joe, New York? New York City, get it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, get it. Oh, my goodness. And uh, it's great whenever you, you hear a review that says, bitten by bug, needed hospital attention. <laughs> But the but the room was under a hundred dollars a night, so I took it. I take my chance, man. I might turn into Peter Parker. You never know. So uh, that that's what I'm going with, man. Yeah, I, I just hope I don't get bit too bad. Yeah. Uh, well, good luck. My thoughts will be with you there. That it does not sound fun. I've never had to deal with bed bugs in any place that I've lived. Um, I do not envy that. Maybe that's why I'm staying away from the Northeast. So you're a contributor to Chat Sports now. I retweeted this at uh, Seth Dunlap, and you've talked about the Saints. But before we get to what you said there, can I just point out that you have an all-time Tiger shirt on? I mean, I don't know what this thing is other than it looked like you should have been at the Met Gala uh, this last week or something, man. Every Friday night, Seth, I wear that shirt on stage. My, uh, my preschool best friend, her name was Emily, uh, she told me to wear that shirt every Friday night, and I just wanted to wear it today, man. I had the tiger's blood in me, and actually, no, I, I figured out why I wore it. It was for Thomas Morstad, who earlier this week, uh, I don't know if the event actually happened, but I, uh, I read that uh, on actually on Facebook that he was handing out free snow cones. I did. I had a couple of uh, friends so, get him. Yeah, he was. That happened. Yeah, yeah. So my favorite flavor of snow cone. Is tiger's blood? Have you ever had tiger's blood? Or, or I've seen this at multiple snow cone locations. It's like this strawberry coconut mix or something like that. Cherico, it's delicious. So that's why I wore it for a stupid Thomas Morstead pun in the video because I love Thomas Morstead. I find him so fascinating. Here's a punter that does so much for philanthropy. I think over two million dollars he's donated to to charities, and on top of that. This is a punter that bench presses 150-pound dumbbells. <laughs> Seriously, that's a lot of weight. That is really, really, really hard to do. So Thomas Morissette's always been one of my favorite saints, and I wore that shirt for him because he's awesome. Indeed. Um yeah, Thomas Moore says an all-time dude. Uh, great shirt. You can check it out at Carter the Power on Twitter. You'll see what I'm talking about. And also view his video on Chat Sports and also YouTube. Let's get into some of the things you talked about there. I thought it was interesting that Des Bryant, and I think you're right here, not necessarily a done deal that he won't be back with the Saints yet. Yeah, I think he could still play at this level. Listen, remember the Saints are a very – throw the ball in a certain spot and let the physical receiver make a play on it. And during Des Bryant's prime, he was the best in the NFL at doing just that. We all know the Green Bay catch that wasn't a catch. That was still one heck of a play that he made. And you could just go back and look at the best Des Bryant highlights. What he was best at was making those tough catches. That all That's also Michael Thomas's best attribute. And in the Saints offense – 
Uh, if you want to be one of those red zone targets, Drew Brees specializes in throwing those kind of passes. So, yeah, I think Des Bryant can still play at this level. Obviously, we don't really know how he is after the Achilles injury, but he, if you put him in a good offense, any receiver can look good with a great quarterback. And I think Des could fit in with what New Orleans is doing. Yeah, I'm with you there. And you also discussed Sean Payton's future with the Saints, and that's an open question after Drew retires. I think most people here just kind of believe he will stick around because Taysom and, and Teddy and everybody, but it's no sure thing, right? It's never a sure thing in the NFL. Um, he's been there 13 years. He's 55 years old. So that means that there's still mobility there. And that means he's still in the prime of his coaching career. So I think he loves his job in the Orleans. Don't get me wrong. Once Drew's gone, you never really know what anybody's going to do. But right now, I think Saints fans have nothing to worry about. Um, plus, look, the Saints are still in contention for the Super Bowl. And something else I talked about in the video are all these people handing out bad draft grades to the New Orleans Saints and complaining about their future. Well, no team in the NFL has done better at drafting than the Saints in recent years. Obviously, we'll need to see what happens with this Marcus Davenport pick, but they've drafted so well, and who's to say that they didn't hit on every single pick in this last draft? So uh, I I think the Saints are just fine, and I think Sean Payton uh, will, will be here for at least the next three to four seasons. It's Carter Bryant on the show. We do this every week at Carter the Power on Twitter. Stand-up comic, uh, contributor for Chat Sports, just talking about his video at Chat Sports on Twitter. And, of course, a, a radio host in South Arkansas at 107.1 FM and 1400 AM. Let's talk a little NBA playoffs. And, and you heard my little opening of the segment on Clay Thompson. you agree with me on Clay still being undervalued? A little. It, it's tough because he played in the super system that is Golden State. And it's really tough to, to know how great he actually is. Before everything started, you can kind of see that he was destined for greatness and that the way the NBA was shifting to, towards more of a three-point league that he would fit in. Then Steph Curry kind of blew up, and then they became the Splash Brothers. So, yeah, he's somewhat undervalued because he is such a great shooter. But I think most people view him as a top two or three shooting guard, which I think that's about where he is right now in the NBA. So a little undervalued, probably so, knowing that Durant and Curry are probably already two of the 25 or 30 greatest players that ever play the game. Um, but I think he's about right. I think he gets a, a fair amount of respect. It is uh, tonight, 17 points for Clay. Sorry, I got caught looking at the, the TV screen over here as the Rockets have closed that gap. It uh, was down to three points, and the Warriors went on a little run. Seven straight points for the Warriors, so back up uh, to 10 points. You know, I am curious, Carl. I don't know if we've talked about this specifically with the Rockets and Warriors series, but one of the reasons I'm so anti-Rockets in this series is my love of the game of basketball. And yes, I'm a purist, and yes, I understand that it, there's not many people like me in that camp, but... I don't like the game played the way the Rockets play it, bro. I don't like iso ball. I don't like team flop, which is what they've devolved into. And it's I understand the hate for the Warriors or that dynasty, but, man, I am all in on the Warriors winning this series for that reason, bro. Well, here's the thing. If the Warriors win this series, they're likely going to win the title. Uh, obviously, the Bucks shoot the three really well. They just don't have the talent to be Golden State in a seven-game series. And I do think Milwaukee is coming out of the East, and I think they're beating whoever comes out of that Sixers-Raptors series. 
think about this. We love the NBA Finals. That's going to be the only basketball on the TV. Guess what? The Warriors are going to run through anybody, and I mean it, anybody left in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. The Rockets will not do that, and at the very least, the games will be close. So, yes, the basketball is ugly, but you trade that off for the games at the very least being competitive, and I'll take that. Yeah, the Rockets play an ugly band of basketball. Yeah, they manipulate the rules. We know all about that, but this is key. I think we are tired of seeing Golden State blowouts, and I think Golden State would run through in five games the next two teams that they have left to play, and I'm just tired of seeing them. I I just want someone else, Seth. I I want someone else, and the one thing a Golden State defeat would do in this series, I think it for sure solidifies a breakup of that team and I think that would be great for the NBA. Yeah, I think it's, it might be coming no matter what happens here. Uh, did you see Max right. Kellerman's terrible takes this week saying uh, Kawhi is already a better player than Kobe uh, ever was and will go down that way? And then also saying Larry Fitzgerald is not a Hall of Famer. Did you see those takes uh, by Kellerman? Okay, so okay, so Larry Fitzgerald, Hall of Famer take, it's just a really bad take. I mean, he's been great in the playoffs. He's been great in the regular season. 11-time Pro Bowler, consummate pro. Um, I think he is as surefire first ballot. I mean, his dad's a media member, for goodness sake. So, of course, <laughs> media members are going to vote for him and to, uh, as a first ballot Hall of Famer. That was a bad, really, really, really bad take. Now, this other take, Kawhi Leonard being better than Kobe Bryant. I watched the tape, and I didn't watch all of it. I watched the 15-second clip that was out there from – uh, that was released. I actually kind of see where Max Kellerman is going with this. He's not saying that Kawhi Leonard's a better all-time player than Kobe Bryant. He's not saying that he's an all-time better buzzer beater creator than Kobe Bryant or a better killer instinct or anything like that. Right now, Kawhi Leonard's playing at a ridiculous level. You know, think about this. He's getting no help from Kyle Lowry. He has been nowhere to be found, Seth, nowhere to be found. Yet Kawhi is still shooting over 62% from the floor. Kobe Bryant, never really close to that number. Lots of jacked up shots. Uh, Hold that thought. Uh, 60s, hold that. Hold that thought, Carter. We're up against this heartbreak. All right, transition from that, Carter. Uh, Carter was telling us why he thinks, uh, and you know what? He makes some good points here, why Max Kellerman's take on Kawhi being better than Kobe is is right, Carter. You, you're agreeing with Max on that. Yeah, I, I actually, the more I think about it, the more I actually do agree with him on this. I, I, want, I want people to understand what Kobe Bryant did at the end of his career. He made $30 million twice, like, and completely ripped apart the team. He also talked bad about his teammates. While I was on the bench doing nothing. And obviously he won five titles. Yes, that's all a part of his legacy. Yes, he's an all-time better player than Kawhi Leonard. I'm not making that case at all. But remember this, Kawhi Leonard, 62% from the floor this series. Over 60% from a perimeter player who's not getting help from his fellow all-star is absolutely ridiculous, especially considering he's playing a Philadelphia 76ers that have more talent than them, a team that's more talented. And also, Kobe Bryant was a good defender. When I say he was an all-time great defender, 
No, he was more of a help side defender. He had Shaq at the Agreed. post yep. during his prime, and uh, he had other players like like Rick Fox, who was one heck of a perimeter defender, and and um, uh, Derek Fisher, who was a great defender as well. Kobe was nowhere near the elite defender that Kawhi Leonard is. In fact, no one in the NBA comes close to perimeter defending outside of Kawhi Leonard. Maybe Patrick Beverly, but not to the same level athletically that Kawhi brings it on that in the floor. So, killer instinct, titles, game-winning shots, one-two, mob mentality. Yes, all of that plays in a factor. And yes, Kobe's probably a better all-time player. I think Max was just more saying right now Kawhi Leonard's playing at a level that we've honestly rarely seen before. And that right there in and of itself is right. You buy in, yeah, well, maybe you're not buying, I think, with what you said at the opening, that Milwaukee could maybe challenge whoever comes out of the West? No, they can't. They just don't have enough. I mean, you, you're, you're trusting Chris Middleton, who I think actually is a really good player, to keep up with Clay, to keep up with Durant. They play the exact same position and play the exact same role. Mm-hmm. That's just not really a good matchup for someone like that. And I think Chris Middleton is tremendous as a player. And obviously the Bucks have other great pieces and the Greek freak would be the best athlete on the floor. I just don't think that they would have enough to keep up with Golden State. And, you know, Milwaukee's had an amazing season. I think they'll get to the finals. And I think they could beat anyone that's not Golden State in the finals. But as of right now, if they were to match up against Golden State, that would be a five-game series. Uh, while we've been talking, a 17 nothing run, Carter, since you've right. been on by Golden State. So a 20-point lead uh, for the Warriors. Uh, one last thing here. Have you been relishing, like every other Pelicans fan, the meltdown in L.A.? Now they can't even lure Tyron, Ty Lue there to the coach? That's the latest yeah. thing. He's walked away from those negotiations. What a What a dumpster fire over there. Yeah, Kurt Rambis getting involved more and more is never really a good thing. And it's just a mess. That's all there is to it. I mean, I, and I don't really know if Ty Lue ever really wanted this job. And I think he has enough money in the bank to not have to go through the stress and the public humiliation that comes along with this job. So, yeah, none of this is surprising up to this point, And I am perfectly uh, fine with that. I would like to add, though, how about Liverpool? Okay, that's oh yeah, no, I, absolutely. That was that was the greatest comeback ever, and yeah. I saw time and had a crazy comeback today. But I wanted to just squeeze that in. Liverpool down three zero, missing our two best players against the greatest player to ever play the game, and we won it, baby. We won it. Is that your club? That, that is your club, huh? It. That's your club. That's that's my club, man. The Stevie G fans out there, the Kenny Dagley's fans. <laughs> oh yes, and yes, I'm a sports nerd that wears tiger shirts and collects Marvel figurines. That's just me, but that's okay. Oh, I, I love it. Uh, by the way, I'm sorry about your uh, your bro on the Voice. Sounds like it, it didn't come through for you. And you're all out. Oh. Carter Carter's all out on the Voice now. Don't bring up L. Can can can, can I just ask one thing? Yeah. All my people out there, go follow LB Crew. This man has just done it all. And it's weird. Uh, I posted a photo on Instagram. They could find it of me in my high school uniform next to LB Crew. We were teammates, bandmates. The dude can sing, and he was amazing. And he shouldn't have been voted off. I, 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 I think everyone on the show agreed with that, but it's a popularity contest, some country musicals all, and it's all country artists. 
in, in the finals. So shout out to LB Cooley. Love that dude. All right, dude. We'll talk to you next week, Carter. All day, every day. All right. Carter Bryant at Carter the Power. Find him there. Contributor for Chat Sports Now. Uh, we retweeted his um, video on the Saints, breaking down Des Bryant, Sean Payton, and also a stand-up comic. And if you're in South Arkansas, you can catch him on 1071 FM and 1400 AM every single day. The Rockets had a little 6-0 run after that 17 nothing Warriors run, but 20 points for Kevin Durant, who's gone off here in the second quarter. He's 7-14 from the floor. It's interesting how quickly all of the Kevin Durant haters have been silenced by what KD's doing in these playoffs. Now, I have been somebody who, since before he came to the Warriors, saying that he's the most unstoppable force that I've ever seen uh, on an offensive force. Let me put it that way. Most unstoppable offensive force in league history. Yeah, it's even more than James Harden. Uh, Modern league history. Now, I didn't see... Wilt Chamberlain play that was before the three-point line that was in a different era of basketball and frankly anything pre-three-point line I just don't think you can fairly compare it to anything now but I just don't know that we've ever seen a player or frankly I don't know if we will for a while see another player with the skill set that Kevin Durant has inside outside ball handling skills ability to hit the three off the drive back to the bucket I mean he's indefensible when he wants to be just absolutely indefensible and I love Steph I am I absolutely adore his game he has changed the NBA but this has now been Kevin Durant's team for the last couple of years and they wouldn't have won these titles without him I, I, I firmly believe that maybe they would have won uh, let me take that back that's that's a little bit of a hot take they would not have breezed their way to these last couple of championships without Kevin Durant and might not probably wouldn't have gotten out of that Rockets Western Conference Final Series last year. Halftime now, 57-43. See if we have any um, highlights from that first half. Logan, if you can check uh, Westwood One for that, we'll play him coming back. Plus, we got Sports Libs and our Blue Runner Gumbo opinion poll tonight. Do you think LSU baseball is going to host a regional? Simple yes or no there. 12-1 defeat yesterday. One day off today for the Tigers, and then they get Arkansas. Big three-game series against the number 4 Hogs on the road that starts tomorrow. I'm Seth Dunlap, the last lap, continuing on WWL. A couple of items to get to before we get to sports libs. Christian Dawkins was found guilty in this NCAA con- corruption trial. Uh, he, of course, he was the bag man, the cash guy, the middleman in this scandal. He was on the wiretaps with Will Wade. Um, he and also former Adidas consultant Merle Code were convicted earlier today, according to ESPN and, and other outlets. Dawkins was found guilty in New York of conspiracy to commit bribery and bribery code. Just the conspiracy. Uh, three days of jury deliberations resulted in that. Now, Dawkins did admit some of the things he said on a recorded call about Sean Miller what he said on those tapes he wasn't speaking the truth he never said anything that he said or conversations he had with Will Wade were untrue and of course he was under oath for that I don't know if this matters frankly at all in the Will Wade situation I just don't I don't I don't really know anybody who trusts Christian Dawkins at all will trust the words that we hear on those wiretaps and the transcripts I'm with all you LSU fans there but most of this stuff was not hearsay. Of course, two different tapes surfaced with Will Wade. One of them, Javante Smart, and a, quote, strong-ass offer. 
Will Wade was making for Smart, and the other one had to do with uh, Kaprivica, an international recruit that LSU was trying to woo and did not. So that's the latest, and the trial will continue a different one later this month. You find that story at WWL.com. It's actually our uh, headline story. Jim Hanzo has that for you at WWL.com. So I told you earlier today, speaking of the basketball program over in Baton Rouge, Tremont Waters, Nas Reed both received invites to the NBA Draft Combine. That's going to be held next week, May 14th through 19th. They had 66 players invited to that Combine. No LSU players were invited last year. That includes Waters, who declared for the draft last year, then came back. Waters is going this year. Waters doesn't appear on these draft boards, which is interesting considering that most people think, most people around LSU believe that Waters is indeed gone, and that included Brian Lazar, who was on the program earlier today. It's a done deal that Nas Reed is going. I mean, he just is going to be a first-round pick in all likelihood. If you're a first-round pick, most of the times you're a gone pecan. Now, the other four players, Marvin Taylor, Javante Smart, Emmett Williams, Skylar Mays, Lazar said he believes those four will be back. I kind of agree with him. I do wonder about Skylar Mays not to just rehash everything I said in, in hour one but Skylar Mays is a little bit older now what is he going to be 22 23 and he doesn't project as an NBA guy unless he's a fringe roster guy it'll either be in the G League or overseas but you can still make a very good living as a basketball player overseas and I got to be honest if I was advising Skylar Mays I would tell him to think think long about the money that he will miss out if he comes back to school again. Because if he goes overseas, he's making a six-figure income. I mean, he has those kind of skills. And because he's a little older, again, the clock's ticking there. Emmett Williams needs more time to develop. I do think that basketball scouts, whether they're overseas or in the NBA, are very high on his game. He's raw. He needs more development. Uh, Javante Smart, there's just so many factors involved in that with you know a possible lingering NCAA investigation and the Will Wade mess. That all factors in. I believe he'll be back, but you never know. And uh, Marvin Taylor just got to come back. I, I mean, he really does. I don't even know if he'd get a real good shot to, to play and make a roster um, unless it's you know some fringe league uh, overseas. I, I don't think he's even a G League guy right now, but maybe I'm wrong. Uh, frankly, I haven't talked to any scouts about Marvin Taylor because he was so far off my radar as a possible you know, professional talent before he declared. Uh, one more story that we have on our websites about Ed uh, Orgeron saying, uh, Coach Joe over at LSU, saying Steve Ensminger will be the play caller, not Joe Brady. Said they're going to lean on each other and then also indicated that it's not a sure thing that, you know, if Ensminger, uh, for whatever reason, is not calling plays sometime during the season, that it would be uh, Joe Brady just said, well, he would be high on the list to be the next play caller for LSU football. So not really shade by Coach O. Remember, Brady's never called plays before. And I don't think the Coach O should be sitting here in May telling us an untruth, which would be Joe Brady's, uh, you know, the next coming of Sean Payton or something. We've, we've already gone through that with Matt Canada. So I like how uh, Coach Joe is handling this in interviews because I don't want sky-high expectations to be unfair to you, a lot of the LSU fans out there. 
All those stories online at WWL.com. Also, uh, still a little time to cast your vote on our Blue Runner Gumbo opinion poll. Do you think LSU baseball will host a regional? Simple yes or no. We'll give you a final tally on that next segment. Let's bring on in our buddy Logan Falgu behind the glass. Time for a little sports libs. Logan, uh, what's up, dudes? Uh, what you got for us tonight? Uh, you know, the usual questions and, you know, the fill in the blanks and all that. Uh, we got a we got a nice double here in question number oh, four. Okay, this is like a day. This is like Jeopardy daily double going on. I, I, I guess so. So uh, let's uh, without further ado, let's jump in. Oh, uh, let's do it. All right. Uh, number one here, the most impressive NFL player this season will be blank. As broad or as specific as you want it to be here. That's a great question. The most eyes are going to be on Kyler Murray. I think it's unfair to think in year one he's going to be the most impressive. Pat Mahomes is a cop out. So I'm going to go, and I'll piggyback on what I said earlier, I think Deshaun Watson is in line to make a leap into true star status. I put him in my star category in Tier 2. I think the numbers, whether they're traditional or analytics, back that up. And I think Houston has their franchise guy if he can stay healthy. He's just dynamic. He has all the skills. He's a winner. I love Deshaun Watson, and I think he's in for a massive year. So I won't go the easy one, which is Pat Mahomes. I'll go uh, Deshaun Watson. All right, next one up here. LSU baseball's defeat yesterday showed blank. Kind of a disintegration of the pitching staff. That's what it showed because they were using this staff by committee because they did not want to burn anybody with only one day off between that game and the series against Arkansas. That was a throwaway game if there ever was one in the middle of the week. Now, LaTeX likely going to be playing in a regional. Top 50 RPI, maybe even a regional with LSU if they can host somehow. I don't really take too much away from that other than it was just an ugly loss. First time they lost the box to LaTeX in, in a dozen years. Just Those ugly losses are piling up this season for LSU, but just goes down to the degradation of the pitching staff again. All right. Next one up here. LSU football needs to focus on blank this season. There we go. I just I'll go back to it. Tampering of expectations. Now, I'm talking about from a Coach O perspective, and I think he's learned his lesson. I, w I was so dismayed. Uh, dismayed, uh, that's – okay, now that's being a little hyperbolic, Dunlap. I don't know if dismayed is the right word. I was a little disappointed slightly with all of the offseason talk two years ago about Matt Canada, and I was also a little disappointed on how around LSU Joe Burrow was being built up to be the savior. Joe Burrow was okay. I think he was terrible in the middle part of the season. Would he go a month plus without a touchdown pass in their most crucial part? But he was probably the best quarterback they had had, at least since Zach Mettenberger on campus. So just, just temper the expectations here a little bit. Not that you shouldn't have high ones with this recruiting class. I think a lot of LSU fans think conference title or bust this year with the talent they have coming back, but at least we, we're not going to spend, it doesn't seem like, four or five months talking about how they've got the greatest coordinator ever, they've got the, the best transfer quarterback ever. Um, yeah, I've had enough of that the last couple of years. All right, here's our double for tonight. Okay. We have, can LSU basketball make a comeback from this Will Wade controversy? And if so, how long will it take to come back from this whole thing? Can, can they? Yeah, they absolutely can. This won't be a death sentence that never is to any program. But how long? Even if Will Wade sticks around, and I mean this, I think even if Will Wade sticks around, you're looking at a multi-year rebuild here. You just are. Even with the guys coming back, if it's no Tremont and no Nasri, they were your two leading scorers and kind of the heart and soul of that locker room, at least Tremont Waters was, 
that's impossible to replace. And the recruiting class right now remains, well, frankly, terrible. And if Will Wade stays, maybe he lands a couple of these guys. They got a five-star guy out of the IMG Academy in Florida, one other four-star guy. I've had people tell me they're not out of the running at all for those two guys. But you have this cloud hanging over the program. I don't. I, this is the part where I don't understand LSU fans. If you really care about winning at the basketball program and winning now, then the best move would be to, to cut bait here and, and try to repair things immediately with Will Wade hanging around and the investigations that are going to be hanging around are just not happening. I mean, I'm, I'm going to be stunned, frankly, if LSU makes it back to the NCAA tournament next year. All right, last one up here. Aside from Saints this season, everyone should keep their eyes on blank in the NFL. Ooh, that's a good question. Let me see. I don't want just. I don't want to go the obvious teams. Everybody tells me San Francisco, so I'm going to go with what everybody's telling me, and it's a little tough to do because I'm not entirely personally sold on Jimmy Garoppolo's health, but they have a ton of talent, young talent on both sides of the football, and if Jimmy can come back and play anywhere to close to what he was a couple of years ago in San Francisco, they have a real shot to make a run in the NFC. This is a top-heavy NFC again. The Saints and the Rams and the Bears, and there's probably your three favorites. Outside of that, maybe the Eagles, Seahawks, Packers. But 49ers last year, I thought it was too early when people were talking about them as a dark horse candidate, and that was even with Jimmy Garoppolo supposedly coming back healthy. He ended up getting injured. But this year might actually be the year. So I'm going to go San Francisco to be a surprise contender in the NFC. All right, and that wraps us up. All right. Nice job, Logan. Sports Lib's in the book. When we come back, one more update on that Warriors-Rockets game and final look at our opinion poll. Do you think LSU baseball will host a regional? And our moment is zen. Bucks closing out the Celtics. We'll have sound from that. Final update on our opinion poll. 92% of you are saying LSU will not host a regional. 8% yes. Thanks for voting on that. Quick look, Warriors-Rockets, uh, 12-point lead for the Dubs. Start of the third quarter as they try to move up a game on the Rockets in that series that's tied at two games apiece. Thanks to Logan Falgu behind the glass, all of our guests, Dan Feldman, Brian Lazar, Jacob Lawson, Carter Bryant. If you missed any of the show, catch the podcast on demand at www.com, radio.com app, Apple Podcast. Follow me on Twitter at Seth Dunlap. That's it for our show, and as always, I hand it off to Beyond Reality Radio with our moment is in. Tonight, the Bucks close out the Celtics. Here's some sound from that game, courtesy of Westwood One. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 